Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and worse, and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, haha, they're coming to take me away, ho ho. Hey, Wisconsin High School hockey fans, welcome back to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm MJ Hammett, along with me, Dell, Michael, Bill Berg Sr., Bill Berg Jr., and anybody else who can, uh, Get into our feed here. Guys, uh, we had some pretty good games of the week. Uh, on the boys' side, what a fantastic game that was. Spash Nanago did not disappoint. Burglar, you got to go watch that one, and you got to enjoy a pretty doggone good game. I did, MJ. It was the uh, season opener for both teams, and uh, despite... The, the Anago coach telling me that you know his team was anxious and ready to play. It was actually Spash that came out and just dominated the first period, out shooting the Robins 16 to six in the first period. But Brody Bennell, uh, netminder for the Robins, uh, kept everything out of the net. Uh, a lot of good saves. There was one flurry where he was flopping around and just throwing whatever was available out in front of the puck and kept it clean. In the second period, the Robins reversed things and outshot uh, Spash by 14-5, to but the only scoring that period was by Spash on a power play. Um, what's his name? Uh, sorry, Dane Hoyard. I thought it was Howard, but it's Hoyard with a Y. Dane Hoyard, Hoyard took a pass uh, at his own blue line, skated up the middle, and kind of made a... Well, went through the Anago defenseman. First one, then the other. Went in and put a move on the goalie, uh, Banal, and, and scored. And it was one nothing Spash. In the third period, it went back to Spash dominating things. They outshot the Robins 12-4 uh, to 4 in the third period. But the Robins were the only one to score in that period, despite being outshot. That was a shorthanded goal um, where Adam Schmidt blocked a shot from the point. Uh, Race got to the puck first, flipped the puck out to the middle. Uh, C.J. Levis picked it up, went down, and scored on Wiersba. First name... Spencer. Spencer Wiersba. Scored on him, tied the game at 1-1, and that was it for the scoring and regulation. They went to overtime, and uh, Spash uh, was more fresh than the overtime. Looked like the Robins were a little bit uh, done in. Uh, uh, short bench, not skating as many players as Spash was. So they got outshot 6-1 to one in the overtime. And Eli Haas netted the only goal in that. It was a, a shot that Pennell got a glove on, but it kind of hit the top of his glove and trickled over it and fell in the net behind him. Um, but there were a couple players on the Spash team that, that, that stood out, and I, I've named uh, each of them. Eli Haas, uh, big, uh, strong, solid forward with some good moves. And that Hoyard, uh, Dane Hoyard, I think he's a sophomore. He's fast. He's got moves. He's, 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 that's a name you're going to hear, uh, quite a bit, uh, this season. Um, Dane Hoyard. It's, uh, he's a good player. Him and Haas both. They were, uh, 
you know, when I was watching that game, when those two were on the ice together, it was like, you know, hold on tight, Robbins, you know, something's going to happen. Because um, those two guys make things happen out there. And it was a good game. Uh, Spash came out on top 2-1 to one in overtime. Definitely uh, uh, an exciting time. Everybody was, was kind of pumped up with that game. Full house for that one? Um, it, not really. It was a Tuesday. Uh, Anigo's not that big. Um, Tuesday, you've also got basketball going on, so you don't get the, you don't get as much for a student section on the Tuesday games as you do on a, on a Thursday game or a weekend. Um, so yeah, I mean, the rest of the, everything else was filled up except for the student section, which, you know, did not have, uh, the, the turnout you would expect for, a, a another night. Alrighty, burglar. Sounds like that's a, pretty doggone good game and your report was pretty pretty right on so hey cool uh girls rock county the uh fury took on the badger lightning in the stick it to cancer game delmar scanlon was there for it delmar thanks mj it was the stick it to cancer game hosted by the badger lightning at poppy waterman ice arena and while the game itself was not very close game as the Fury went on with a nine to nothing victory, posting four goals in the first two periods and one in the third, led by Zoe Steeg with two goals and two assists. The Badger Lightning have 11 players this year with two of them being first year players, including their goalie. As we, as we had looked at earlier in the year, just as the season was getting ready to start, the Lightning actually have a, had an assistant coach from last year step up to be the head coach, and she's actually going to be a one-and-done coach that one year in as the head coach and done as she will be leaving in March to go to boot camp for the Marines. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, watching the Lightning this season as they uh, try to develop a little talent, but they're going to be getting lots of ice time. And the Rock County Fury are going to be one of those teams to watch and are going to be a contender, maybe the, the most picked team by a few of the people that we've spoken to today uh, to come out of Sectional 3. And be interesting to watch them and see if they can make their way back to state this year. But as we stated, this was a stick it to cancer game. And as the game was beginning, they had a ceremonial puck drop by Russell Dillon, who is a 10-year-old out of the Mawson School District. His dad is actually the principal for the Mawson High School. And he had been diagnosed with a brain cancer, brain tumor. Uh, back in April and started undergoing treatment in May. Uh, and so, you know, it was an emotional night for, you know, a lot of the Badger Lightning there and the uh, Fury skaters and everybody took a group picture with him on the ice and everything else. And it's, you know, one of those things that we try to promote when the uh, local teams are doing, uh, have an awareness game going on. And this was one that the Fury ended up dominating on the ice, but their real story out, out of it was uh, the Stick It to Cancer and Russell Dillon. 
And with that, I'm going to toss it back to you, MJ. All right. Thank you very much, Del. You know, that I, I, I got a couple questions for you, Del. Oh, no. First of all, when when you said they only had 11 skaters and then you went, but but the coach, I, I thought you were going to say, well, the coach decided to suit up um, <laughs> to make it 12 skaters, but that wasn't the case. I see on the roster they've got uh, all their 11 players. I mean, they, they have two goalies listed. They they don't suit up both in goaltender equipment each night. Do they, is, uh, the backup goalie skate out? or The, the backup goalie does skate out. Uh-huh. And so she was getting ice time. And one thing that I forgot to mention is, you know, th- for this team, uh, Sarah Durst being the head coach is actually a good thing because she can really relate to the players and what they're going through. She started playing hockey her eighth grade year. Uh, Sarah and my daughter Caitlin were classmates, teammates on the ice. Um, I had the privilege to work with uh, Sarah when she first started learning to play hockey. And with that season, there were games that we went to where we went there and we only had nine skaters going down to the ice plex. And uh, out of that, one of them was suited up as the goalie. And so she understands what the players are going through, being shorthanded out there, and what it's like to be out there going in your your you know eighth grade freshman years of school and skating with players that are into their first year of playing. So, you know, it's, it's she can go on her personal experience as to what that's like and relate to the skaters, too, with it. All right, let's move on to our next segment, the listener question and answer segment. Got a couple listeners that asked the Wisconsin Prep Hockey panel, if you want to call us that. Have the early season tournaments helped identify strong programs? And which teams have surprised us so far this season? That's two questions. Yeah, you gotta, don't, don't one at a time, please. No, okay. no, 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 those two are together for a reason. Oh, I'm sorry. They're basically I stand, the same. I stand corrected. They're basically the same question. They are not. Get to answering. All right. Man. Sorry. Once again, I apologize humbly. That's never happened since the beginning of time. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I'll have you know, that's the first on WIPH radio, even though we're not radio. All right, then answer the question. Okay, I'll answer the question. Um, uh, I'm going to answer the second part of the first question, which which teams have surprised you so far this year. And I'm just going to go by records because that's an obvious way to do it. And we have a couple teams that have unbeaten records. Sauk Prairie is 4-0. and Marquette is 5-0. and It wasn't that long ago that they were down in a state tournament, probably, what, four or five years ago, three four years ago. And Ashwabanon is 4-1. and So those are three teams right there that that maybe are a little surprised. Um, they don't get a lot of notoriety, but if they keep winning, uh, you know, a few more games, they might get bumped up into the honorable mention category. So that would be a nice surprise for them, guys. Ashwabanon last year was not a very good team. They did, and year for that, they were not a very good team. They uh, really had their struggles. So four and one, good for them. Uh, surprise in the other direction. Um, I mean, we knew that they graduated a lot of guys and they were going to fall off, but uh, Appleton United is 0-5-1. Uh, 
Yikes. I did not expect them to be uh, riding the bottom of the Badgerland Conference, but unless something turns around soon, that looks like uh, where they're at. Well, that's even a bigger surprise than uh, what I was going to mention. That uh, you know, Wausau West sitting at two and three. Um, obviously, I mean, they start their season uh, with uh, the tournament over in Eau Claire. That's got Eau Claire Memorial, Green Bay Superior, and Wausau West. Um, and they, they got they got beat you know four to one in both of those games. They did come back, uh, bounce back nicely with a, a four to three win over Stevens Point. That although that I mean. They fell behind three to nothing uh, against Stevens Point, and then in the second period they they mounted their their comeback, ended up winning in overtime four to three, uh, and then they made their trip down to the Milwaukee area, beat Waukesha, and then lost to USM. But I don't remember the last time Wausau West was you know sitting with a, a sub five hundred record even this early in the season. You know, the flip side of that tournament is that this early in the season, Superior is sitting with a 500 record on their end. And the last couple of years, Superior has not had great starts to their season, um, always playing against, you know, top Wisconsin teams. Um, even though they won the, the state tournament two years ago, the last two years it seems like against those top Wisconsin teams during the regular season, Superior couldn't buy a win. Um, but it looks like uh, the start of this year they're they're strong again. And once and, again, they're going to be once again they're going to be playing top programs in the state again. Yeah, and regarding the the first part of that, the early season tournaments, uh, a team can do well in their own tournament and not finish strong. So I mean, yes, it can identify strong programs, but not always. I guess a lot a lot of that part of it depends on the competition of your your tournament. Well, I'm going to toss it over to the girls' side a little bit, and I think all of us that have looked at some of the girls' scores coming in this year are a little surprised to, you know, we're not used to seeing the Central Wisconsin Storm, you know, basically sub-500 team right now with a 2-3 and three record. Granted, they've played, you know, some tough teams, but then, you you know, you look at that, and it, then we look and see the Wisconsin Valley Union, formerly known as the Point Rapids Marshfield Red Panthers, and you know with their co-op you know additions this year, they're sitting there at three and zero to start the season. And you you look at some of the records, Appleton United's up there, and I, I don't think we're surprised. Anybody's surprised with that. Uh, the Warbirds are up there challenging. At Saint the Fusion have come out strong to start the season this year. And that, that Big Rivers Conference, you got three strong teams in there that are going to be battling it out all season long to, you know, to one, to see who, who's going to come out of that conference and, w- and win their conference title. But then down the road, start looking at sectional one. That's going to be an interesting sectional to see what, what team comes out of there. Getting back to the storm, Dell. They lost two of their top defensemen, Taylor Troy and uh, Jamie Hendrickson. And basically, I, I call them all-conference defensemen, even though the Storm is an independent, but they were that good. And, I mean, that's a huge loss for a team. And they probably lost, I, I think, three or four, maybe even five 
top forwards. So that's a, a heck of a hit for a team to, to come into the next year, you know. And, um, don't count them out though. You know, two and three or whatever the record is right now, you know, they're going to go on a winning streak at some point here. They're going to start clicking. Um, in that game against the Union, the, probably the last two and a half periods, they played very well defensively and kind of held the Union in check after it looked like they were maybe going to get blown out. Scored two goals in the first six minutes or so. So, uh, don't count them out just yet. Uh, the guy standing behind the bench has got a few wins to his resume, so I think they'll figure it out here before too long. Yeah, he knows a thing or two about getting teams on track, no doubt about that. Yeah, well, and, and as far ahead, as, well, going back to the boys, as far as Superior goes, we'll see you know, what, what they're really made of on the, the 16th of December when they come down to, to face the overrated Adigo team, according to one of our sponsors anyway <laughs> but you know and, and that's, that's always a great thing you know early in the season when people are asking us you know what we're looking at think by the time we get to uh the end of december beginning of january these records are going to change quite a bit and and who we see at the top now you know we've see, seen before where they've dropped off in the second half of the season you know kicks in and as it starts getting time for the playoffs and everything who's the one that's on the hot streak and has improved the most of the season you all, every coach wants to be peaking as you get to that point of the season and that that's what they're doing right now they're all learning their system and what's got to be done to be ready for the end of the season and you know we're like three podcasts into the season and i think that's the third time Trasher has mentioned the Storm losing their top two defensive players. Uh, and he has yet to mention that they lost four of their six top scorers, including like 70% of their goals last season. No, I just said that. A couple no, of he did. Ago. No, you, no I, you didn't. I said they no. lost four or five of their top forwards. You said they lost a couple forwards, and you keep harping no, on them. No, 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 no. They lost like no. 70% of their goals from last season. It all and adds up, man. Unless they can Rever- find somebody who can actually put the puck in the net. Well, they trouble. they have some players that can put the puck in the net. Number nine, Eden Gruber. I believe she's a sophomore this year. She's a nice little player. Very quick, very skilled, very talented Remember that name, Eden Gruber. She's going to be one of the the top players in the state before it's all said and done. And yes, Junior, you are correct. They did lose a boatload of scoring, but uh, sometimes Burglar can probably attest to this. The defensemen are kind of important too. So I've been harping on that. That was, I think, the big loss. Yes. The offensive end of it is a huge loss too, um, but eventually they'll they'll get it figured out. I guess that's the bottom line. Well, I know one thing we do have figured out, and that's the uh, Radisson Madison Players of the Week, Madison's Premier West Side Hotel. Trasher, would you like to tell us who our recipients are of the Players of the Week? I will tell you exactly who the recipients are. On the boys' side, we'll start with the youngster, freshman forward Brady Welch of Fond du Lac Springs. In three games last week, in a 5-1 to one win over Cedarburg, he scored four goals. In a 4-1 to one win over Onalaska, 
in on Alaska. He scored a goal. And in a 5 to nothing win at the Aquinas-Holman Avalanche Co-op, he scored two of the goals. Um, on the, so far on the year, actually, he uh, has eight goals and one assist for nine points. He's a plus eight. And he has three game winners of the first four games that he's played for the uh, Fond du Lac Springs. Coach Tim Ahern said he is a huge reason that they've been so successful this year. So Brady Welsh, Fond du Lac Springs forward, is the boys' Radisson Madison player of the week. On the girls' side, it's a senior. She's from Viroqua. She's a goalie. Her name is Ivy Shanka. In three games last week for her, Monday night, she had a 20-save shutout over the Icebergs and a 4 to nothing win. Friday night, 13 saves, another shutout over the Northern Edge, 4 to nothing. And if this is getting repetitive, so be it. Saturday night, 21 saves, another shutout over Lakeshore, 5 to nothing. So for the week, 54 shots, 54 saves, 3 shutouts. That's not too shabby, guys. Three shutouts in a week, that's uh, that's pretty darn good. So Ivy Shanka was our Girls Player of the Week, Radisson Madison Players of the Week, Madison's premier West Side hotel and the home of the Wisconsin Prep Hockey Group for the state tournament. Back to you, MJ. Well, can, 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 well, can, can this kind of double back into our... Uh, teams that surprised you so far, because when we talked earlier about the Badgerland Conference, you know, we mentioned that Nina Hortonville, Menasha, and Appleton, and Fond du Lac, and Fond du Lac Springs, you know, all kind of being right there together, pretty much based on, you know, last year's performance and the players that they had lost from last year. Um, and now you throw this wild card in there, a freshman that obviously none of us had, you know, heard of, because he was not playing high school hockey last year, uh, suddenly thrown into the mix there with Fond du Lac Springs, perhaps elevating them up uh, a little bit in uh, the, the chances for the Badgerland Conference. Um, the, the reason, yes, uh, Fond du Lac Springs 4-0, but one thing I had in the back of my mind was a comment made by a coach over in the Fox Valley area who said, maybe not right away, but before the season is over, this team is going to be a top 10 team, probably close to top five. So I I think subconsciously I thought of that, and that's why I really didn't put Springs as a, a surprise. But 4-0 and is a heck of a good start. We've seen these guys there before. And it looks like they have some young talent. They have some experienced players. Uh, Colin Ahern in that is doing a, a super job. And, you know, Coach Tim Ahern gets these guys whipped into shape. They could have a really good season here. And it looks like they have a, a, a hell of a start so far. Which, which coach right. did it? Um, it was uh, Coach McCracken said that, actually. Okay, then. From Notre Dame. Because if it was Tim, I'm like, that's that's, that's pretty pretty biased. No, it was the assistant coach that just watch out for these guys. No, uh, Tim, Tim, I did run into him during the summer, and he 
he said his squad was going to be decent this year. He was he was really looking forward to the season coming up. His his son, I believe, Colin is a senior now, and Colin's grown a lot. I mean, he's physically grown from when he was a freshman up to senior. Now he has put on quite a few inches. So uh, he's gotten some size, and uh, his game has improved. He's been playing some uh, hockey at a higher level in the off season. So, uh, yeah, that I like his I like his squad. I mean, they're yeah, I think they're going to be a team that's uh, we're watching them right now, and it's going to be interesting to watch them through the season. As uh, I think they have expectations that are are pretty high this year, and for good reason. Not to nitpick, but freshman to senior is typically when people grow. Moving right along. Yeah, I'll nitpick with you because I think I grew one inch during that span. Listener question question number two. Keep her moving. (laughs) Let us not digress. Question number two from our listeners or followers, whichever they want to be called. Who benefited from conference realignment this past year? Which sectional right now appears to be the strongest, and which one is too close to call based on early season results? I can tell you down here, I can tell you that I think that the sectional in Madison is going to be a really close one to call this year because Sun Prairie's come out the the uh, – shoot here pretty hot, and Verona is going to be a very good team this year, and I think that's going to be a tightly contested one. You've got Madison Edgewood in there as well, so I, I think, and you can't, you can never discount Middleton, so I'm thinking that uh, right now, I would think that may be one of the stronger, um, in this part of the state, one of the stronger uh, 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 sectionals. Benefited from conference alignment, realignment. Um, that's one I guess I really don't have an answer for. I don't know. Uh, Beaver Dam's gonna like the Badger South, or maybe North. I don't know. From the Badgerland, I don't really know anything about conference realignment. As far as sectionals go, I think Section One on both sides is probably the toughest. Um, the girls' side, Dell has been on and on about Section One. With Hudson, Eau Claire, Altoona, St. Croix Valley Fusion, the Hayward Co-op, they're stacked. On the boys' side, I think Hudson Superior in New Richmond is about as good a top three as you can find in the state. Um, so that'll be a fun one to watch. And I think Section 2 on the boys' side, now that Eau Claire North is good again, uh, will be pretty interesting. And Chippewa Falls has been pretty good the last two years, and they are currently undefeated so far this season, too. So yeah. uh, we'll see if they can challenge Yeah, them. well, there's a... I was going to say there's another team on the other side of uh, town in Eau Claire that's pretty good, usually at the end of the year, too. So, you know, a lot I of teams are going to still have to go through them. I thought they went without mentioning everybody. They, you just assume. Yeah, we were looking for somebody to challenge them. Um, Section 5 looks pretty interesting. We were just talking about Fond du Lac Springs. Um, you've got Nina Horton, Vilmanasha. You've got Notre Dame Academy, who's you know sitting at three and one right now. Uh, their only loss coming to that unmentioned team from the city on the western side of the state that we just didn't talk about. Um, so that that's that's been that's been a good conference or a good section of late, also. 
Well, as you look at the girls' side, you know, we've talked about sectional one. Sectional four is going to be interesting to watch. You've got, uh, out of sectional four, you've got the Warbirds sitting there right now, you know, still looking to pick for their, somebody still looking to knock them off and give them their first loss. But then you've got Appleton United, USM looks like they're, they could end up fairly strong this year. They, uh, had a nice win here over the Rock County Fury. Uh, four to three game and, and so you, th- those three teams are sitting there and there's going to be somebody else that's going to step up there and challenge a little bit out, out of the Bay Area. We know it's always going to be tough. So there's your top, possibly your top four out of sectional four. Sectional three, um, you, you've got Rock County Fury who may be the favorite in sectional three, but they're going to be challenged by Cap City Cougars who represented out of sectional three last year. And right now, you're starting to think sectional two could be wide open. I, it's going to be interesting to see who is coming and uh, taking control of that sectional. Dell, don't forget in the section three where you're talking about the Rock County Fury. Don't forget the Metro Lynx. They have Sydney McCursey and Net, and she's a she does a fine job. And that team, you, you can't throw dirt on them. They're going to come to play. And once conference play really gets going with them, uh, Sun Prairie, the Cap City Cougars, and the Fury, once those teams start meeting each other, I think you're going to find a few more things are going to shake down in, in, uh, who's really the top dog in that area. The other team that I think could be a little bit of a sleeper is the one that, you know, the goalie posted three shutouts this weekend. What are we going to get out of Baroqua this year? You know, one of the things that has always hurt there is you've, they've always looked for scoring, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually if they have found some scoring to come out of the Baroqua and maybe become a contender in that sectional. They they do have a scorer this year, um, Aaron Aaron Simonson. Yes, she was nominated actually as a, a Player of the Week candidate. I believe she had. What nine points or something like that last week? Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds about right. He had six goals and two assists. Okay, eight points. Sorry, yeah, eight nine. I did get a chance to see that. Dell, you mentioned the USM Rock County Fury game. I was at that game. You know, watching USM, I thought that they're they were pretty quick that night. Um. That was the first time I'd seen the Fury of the season, and Fury has had a quick turnaround. I mean, they played in the tournament on Friday and Saturday. Friday night they played one game. Saturday they played two games. So they're off Sunday, practice Monday, and then they got another game Tuesday. So a pretty quick turnaround for them to get back in action, not to say that they are, you know, they were going to be tired or anything, but I think USM looked pretty good. They, they uh, looked quick. Uh, uh, this game was a little bit closer than, um, well, I shouldn't say closer, but it was a four to three win for USM, but, you know, the, the Fury got a late goal with eight seconds left. So, not a, and, not a bad game at all. And the USM came off, was coming off the, a tournament too that weekend where they played, uh, Hayward and Eau Claire North that, or no, they played, uh, um, this, yeah, East, Central East Wisconsin East. Storm. Central Wisconsin Storm and Hayward that weekend. All right. 
Well, let's uh, move on to our next segment. And it is the top ten. Bill Jr., as he does, he counts it up and tabulates it. And he's even better than the the uh, NCAA uh, pollsters. But he does have a top ten together. Bill Jr., spit it out. Sure. Uh, for the boys, number one is Hudson. Uh, number two is some team from the western part of the state that shall remain nameless. Three is Nina Hortonville, Menasha. Four, Notre Dame. Five, Superior. Six, USM. Seven, Waukesha. Eight, Wausau West. Nine, West Salem. And ten, Homestead. Honorable mention for the boys, there are six this week. Arrowhead, Eau Claire North, Fond du Lac Springs, New Richmond, Spash, and Verona. Uh, the girls' top ten, I'm actually not super happy with. Um, the votes were all over the place, so it's I think it's kind of a mess. Uh, nobody really agreed after, like, the first three. Uh, number one, Hudson, that was pretty much agreed upon. Number two, Eau Claire Altoona, agreed upon. Three, St. Croix Valley, agreed upon. After that, it was all over the place. Four, USM. Five, the Warbird Beaver Dam Co-op. Six, Rock County. Seven, the Wisconsin Valley Union. Eight, Bay Area. Nine, Central Wisconsin. Uh, ten, Fox Cities. And honorable mention, the Cap City Cougars. Bay Area and uh, Rock County get together again. This coming Friday night, those two teams played just uh, about, a, about a week ago. They played in a tournament over there at Arrowhead, and it was a 0-0 tie uh, in a shootout. Bay Area did win it, but those two teams are going to get together again. That should be another interesting matchup to see there as uh, two of the better teams in girls hockey are going to butt heads down in Beloit. Guys, anybody else see anything? About uh, our uh, top ten? Um, looking on the girls' side, uh, Wisconsin Valley Union I'm a little bit partial towards because that was kind of part of what I had been associated with back in the day. Um, moved up to seventh. Uh, changing of the guard in section two perhaps this year, maybe. Storm Union. I, I realize I'm about uh, um, one segment late here on that one, but uh, I don't know. There's USM has played very well lately. Uh, Warbirds have been hot. Rock County, I think they had one little blip in there. Bay Area has been good. Um, I don't know. There's it's like the the usual suspects in there. Um, waiting for some honorable mention team or somebody that's not listed to, to jump up in there and see what they can do. Uh, otherwise, it looks pretty much like usual on the on the girls' side, guys. I, I, I don't know what you consider to be as usual because I don't believe that in the past we've had, um, you know, Rock County and Wisconsin Valley or whatever their name, you know, up this high in, in our rankings before. Um, and it's been a while since, you know, the Fond du Lac Co-op has been up that high in the ranking either. So I think there is a, well, I, I think there's a, a changing of the guard. And unfortunately, I think the main reason for that changing of the guard is that these co-ops, Fond du Lac, Rock County, and Wisconsin, have all, you know, absorbed other teams, made themselves better by picking up additional players. Let's have it. That is true. 
for whatever reason that it needed to happen, and some of the teams picked up schools because there were players available. Other teams co-opt because the team that was wanted to co-op with other teams was basically very short on players. I mean, there's there's numerous reasons for it. Um, it, it it's just something that is going to happen. I think we had a, a I think the girls game, the girls uh, kind of plateaued a few years back when they got up to like 33 or four, 34 teams. Um, now they just have been struggling to maintain the, the number of teams simply because the number of players, you know, a high number of players for each school is not there anymore. And that's, I think, basically the youth program is not really pushing the girls' hockey like it had been 10, 12, 15 years ago. I think that's a valid point, Michael. Well, I think there are several valid points to be made there, and there's actually uh, an excellent article on the topic on our website that was not written by any of us, um, but by a contributor, and discusses several options or several reasons why the the, the participation in girls' hockey is down and, and lays out several uh, uh, concrete steps to, to take going forward, and it's not going to be a short process. And I believe it has a lot to do with um, – co- I mean, I, I've always believed it has a lot to do with co-ops. When you have a co-op, you don't have the identity in the community. Um, like – you, you like you know um, like here in Anago, for instance. You have the Anago High School hockey team, and the boys they all want to play for the Anago High School hockey team. Um, the girls, there is no Anago High School hockey team. There's a co-op with Rhinelander that's called the Northern Edge, and they have some games here. They have some games there. It's not something that's identified with Antigo. And nobody um, in Anago likes Rhinelander. That's true too. There's really not much to like about Rhinelander. Um, if you're from Anaga, you have to qualify that. <laughs> you cannot just pardon, crap pardon all me? over Rhinelander. No, you can't. I think if you're from anybody, if you're from anywhere outside of Oneida County, you can agree with that comment. Uh, Brett Aylesworth is not going to like you. He doesn't like me anyway. <laughs> he, he never has. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Rhinelander is a lovely place. In Anago, we don't like Rhinelander. In Anago, we don't like Spash. We don't like. We don't, there's a lot of things we don't like here. Um, none of it has to do with jealousy. Believe me, none of it. Okay. All right. Anyway, you have to have an identity. You, to, the, the kids have to have something that they can go to and look up, and something that they want to become. These big co-ops, they don't develop that, and that's why they don't have. That's why they, they lose the. They, they lose the, the, the youth level participation because these little girls don't have, they don't want to grow up to be, you know, players on their high school team because they don't have a high school team. There's just, just some mythical co-op team that, you know, some of the girls play for and some don't. It's, yeah. Read the article written by uh, Mr. Ash. What was his yeah. first name? 
Jim. Yeah, it it was yes. it was yes. an excellent piece. Yes, um, he he laid it out all very logically. He came up with some reasons why. He came up with some suggestions for trying to improve things, and it's just a matter of you know enough people grabbing the horn by the bulls and uh, making it happen, right? Yeah, and it's not a quick fix. Like you said, it's going to it's going to be like a ten or fifteen year fix to get back to where. You can have that local identity um, where you want these, where these kids want to come out, and yeah, excellent article. I'm glad he sent it. To and us. where can we find that? And where can we find that excellent article at? I don't on, know. On our page, Tra- Trash or buried that somewhere on the site. You can't. It's really hard to get to. I don't think it's buried that far, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was I don't. on the slideshow. I'll look, but. It, Is it in yeah. the exclusives? Uh, no, I don't think so. It should be in the exclusives. Besides the slideshow, it's got to be somewhere else. I'll find it and move it. Um, yeah. No, not move it, just add a couple of tags to it. Yeah, I add a tag to it. Yeah, Jim. Actually, if you look on the um, homepage under breaking news from around the state, it's the fifth article down. Uh, ah, we need a hero. We need a hero and a champion. Yeah, go read it. Uh, okay, I'll add, I'll add a tag and put it in the exclusives. There you go. Do we need Do we need Bonnie Tyler to sing? I need a hero. I think you will do. Uh, let's move on. Oh my God. How about David Bowie? We can be heroes just for one day. We can be heroes. We We, we better move on before I let my thoughts on the Wisconsin Valley Union out. All right, let's go. Or we could be a champion. We are the champions, but all right, we got to move on. Uh, our last listener question: With two divisions next year, the predicted cut is about student population of one thousand or less. They also believe schools with populations less than can opt to play up to Division One by declaring by the WIA date, probably the same date as winter co-ops. Who do you see? Who do we see moving up, guys? I would bet USM will. The the private schools that we routinely talk about are probably all candidates for moving up. Your Notre Dame, your USM, your Edgewood, um, Fondy Springs probably, but I can't imagine like Stevens Point Pacelli is going to play up. Um, Regis McDonald, um, I don't know that they will. Um, but I can't. I can't imagine it would be a whole lot uh, of teams petitioning to move up. Um, is is that actually a thing that teams can move up? I I don't think it's ever been announced yet. But I I we were all pretty sure that it would be before it actually happened. I didn't. I looked on the the bulletins and I didn't see anything. And Dell and I actually talked about this before. But here's something that's kind of vague and maybe. Guys that are smarter than I can read between the lines. Um, directly from the, U- the WIAA, it said the board supported an amended recommendation for a two-year experiment on sponsoring two divisions in boys hockey. Now, here's the key part. Beginning with the 2020 state tournament. So, does that mean it actually starts the 1920 season or after the 20 state tournament. They don't really say. 
the 1920 no, season because this is the 2018 yeah. state tournament. Yeah. So 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 it's it's not actually going to happen next year. Yeah. So the the 1920 season they will begin. Now I'm guessing you have to declare before the season starts. I would guess, right? Well, again, I, think I, so. I, I mean, we've surmised that before based on what Minnesota does, but is that actually in the WIAA's writing? It, it is not, but in our conversation about this when they announced it and with the couple coaches we talked to, part of the reason we believe they announced it two years ahead of time is because it would give the WHCA plenty of time um, to make their case heard. Uh, or in air quotes, bitch, um, about the WIA's crappy subsufficient plan. Um, so I have to believe that schools are going to get the uh, the ability to opt up, um, whether that has to be a one-up, one-down type thing or, or something else, I don't know. But I, I can't imagine they're not going to let some of these well, it says, yeah. opt up. I just, otherwise, you're just going back to the old public school, private school division. Um, yeah. The bulletin says the tournament format will feature four teams in Division One and four in Division Two, with the smallest 32 programs by enrollment assigned to Division Two. Says nothing about opting up. I would think that they would, but then, like you said, you're going to have to have a one up, one down. Otherwise, you're going to have your your brackets are going to be totally skewed and totally screwed. Well, I can't imagine there aren't schools that wouldn't want to opt down either. Just because you're a big school doesn't mean that you have a large youth hockey program and a bunch of players. Um, you may not want to be in Division One, So, you know, we'll see if they change it. As of now, there's no opt-up. But I can't, I can't imagine that they can't figure that out in the next year and a half. Well, the, the other thing we also thought that they would figure out is... Um, you know, making it eight teams on the large side and, and four on the small side because the 32 smallest schools, so you have 32 schools, they get four teams, and the big teams have what? 60? It'd be in the 60 to, it'd be in the 50. I think it's a little bit less than that. I think right around I think. 60, right around 60, 50 yeah, to 60, right. and they would have four teams. So that's not balanced either. Oh, you're going to have the same number of teams. You're just going to change the composition of your field, really. And then maybe not even so, depending on who's in Division Two. You might end up with pretty close to the same that you normally have anyway. Yeah, well, anyway, the four and four is stupid. Yes, it is, and yeah, and their 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 whole makeup. What what they announced right now is we see as a starting point. Whether they see it as a starting point, and they 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 actually agree to changes and compromise is you know to be seen because they're they're not really known for that. But hopefully, it's a starting point. Um, they get the conversation going, and things can be uh, amended going forward but right now um the 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 point that that Jeff Sauer makes about teams moving up 
that's officially not in there yet. Yet. We hope it's we hope we hope the word yet is there, but you never know with these guys. Yeah, I would you right. know I would enjoy watching a state tournament of Notre Dame Academy University School, Madison Edgewood and I don't know, somebody from the northwest. Hayward. Hayward, New Richmond. How big is New Richmond? Are they small? They're small enough. Hayward and New Richmond would, would fight yeah. for that last spot, yeah. That would be dumb. Well, well, guys, we got our upcoming games of the week this week. On the boys' side, Eau Claire North is taking on Onalaska on Tuesday. And on the girls' side, Superior is at Hudson on Saturday. And Burglar, I know you're going to go over for that one. I yeah, think. because 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 it's two non-co-ops. Who put a nickel in him tonight? I don't know, but he's punchy. He must have started. I know. Well before we started recording tonight. Uh, we, we had, well, we had a little, you know, Chianti dinner. Kind of poking the bear there a little bit. Um, we got our final thoughts for tonight. I'd love, a lot, lot of, yeah. What's that? Well, I said a lot, lot of our topics have just got me kind of a lot of hot button topics tonight. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's what makes the WIPH podcast what it is, and oh, it is. I'm not gonna say what it is. You guys out there can think about that for yourselves. I'm. Fairly certain Trasher doesn't know what the name of the podcast is. Because he's called it Wisconsin for Pocky Radio and the <laughs> WIPH Podcast tonight. I don't want to listen to myself talk, man, so I don't even, I never listen to it. I'm living it, baby. It's because we lived it. That's right. This, this week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. How's that? All Good right. enough? Close enough? Yeah. All right. See, I got Final it. thoughts there, William. Well, this first one's not mine, but I can kick it off. Um, okay. Uh, there was a change in the permission system in Sport Engine this year that allows teams to change things like their name. And we're kindly asking that you stop it. Um, please don't do that. We, we set those up uh, the way that makes sense, we think, for our readers. Uh, changing your name to the wings doesn't tell anybody anything. Uh, changing your name to the Avs doesn't tell anybody anything. We're not picking on anybody specific, but no, no. Uh, let's let, let's pick on the one, the major one. Changing your name to changing your name to MHS. Yes. Is that is is that Monroe High School, Mosinee High School, Medford High School, Menominee High School, Middleton Middleton High School? MHS can be anybody. Yes, so um, in those instances where we found uh, some teams had changed their names, uh, we have, uh, obviously we don't have, uh, we're not omniscient, but in those instances we have tried to change them all back. Um, And uh, if you try to change them again, we may have to take extra steps. But uh, if you want your team name to be changed because of something changed with your co-op or you know, any other reason, talk to us. We can help you with that. Don't just do it. Um, because besides confusing people who read the site, uh, it also confuses us. Um, all of a sudden, the team names are changed, and we're like, uh, did we get hacked? Um, 
we did not know that that teams had that ability this year. They have never had it in the past. So please don't change your team names. Junior, the last uh, thing you want to touch on? Sure. Uh, patron. Uh, obviously, lots of questions from Jeff Sauer and Egan Ahern this week. Um, if the other people who back us don't want to take advantage of, you know, their backing, that's that's fine. I'm perfectly happy to take their money. But uh, patrons uh, do get uh, to ask us questions for the podcast, and we will answer them to the best of our meager ability. Um, uh, no new patrons this week. Uh, that's going to happen from time to time. Uh, but we're like halfway to our goal of doing Wisconsin, this week in Wisconsin for hockey live over video. Uh, so if you want to see us do that live, uh, donate. Uh, if you want to see us not do that live, donate even more and try to convince us not to do that. Um, <laughs> money talks. Uh, I would say probably choice B. Money, you know, money talks. But uh, thank you. Uh, we honestly um, we've asked for donations. Uh, every year, pretty much, that we've run the site with uh, the rare few in in between here and there. Uh, and usually when we didn't, it's because we were charging the Coaches Association, which we don't want to do anymore. Uh, so, um, you know, if you if you can spare us a few, sh- few shekels, uh, please do. It helps us run the site, and we could not do it without you. Uh, ad revenue is not great uh, for the small niche high school hockey website in Wisconsin. We don't have Minnesota's readership numbers, so uh, anything you can contribute helps. How do you top that, guys? You just say thank you to all who are visitors to our site and who have contributed and who haven't contributed, and just keep coming back. We'll try to do the best we can to cover the, the state. And um, one one quick thing, I guess, that I thought about before was that um, somebody had said, well, hey, your website is turning into USM Prep Hockey. Well, um, there's a lot of stories on, a lot of game summaries on from the USM coaching staff, uh, in particular Tommy G, but he's writing the game stories, he's getting pictures, he wants them put on there. I offer that challenge to anybody else in the state. Write a game story, take some pictures, send them to me, I'll be more than happy to post them. So, and, you know, uh, that, th- other teams have done that too. Uh, just a few years ago, Northland Pines had most of their, uh, for two years, uh, most of their boys' hockey games written up on the site because they had a student who was interested in sports journalism. And now I believe she's uh, working with one of the college hockey teams at whatever college she went to in Minnesota, uh, writing up stories for their website, doing stats and, and stuff like that. Um they just ask, hey, can we do this? Of course, the answer is yes. Uh, that's why we made a change a couple of years ago. Those stories about USM are clearly identified as uh, by Tommy G, USM assistant coach. Uh, we always say where the story came from. Um, if you want there to be more stories about your team, go ahead and contribute them. Um, if your local newspaper actually has write-ups online about your team, we can add those to the to the breaking news from around the state. Um, all you got to do is send us a link, and we can take it from there. Um, so, you know. and, and we have we have seen quite a bit of that too. Um, I think I have my Google feed set up to give me stories like that, and I will post probably I don't know three or four or five a week. But I mean, there's so much more out there. You know, like uh, Junior said, um, 
the girl Jassy from Northern Pines, she's interested in journalism, sports journalism. Do you have kids at your school that are interested in journalism, interested in doing something like that going forward into college? This would be a great learning opportunity, a great experience for them. So if you have somebody at your school that's interested in something like that, have them take notes and have them write stories for us, and we'll post them with credit to that student. It's a, a great opportunity. You know, growing up when I was in high school, I wanted to be a sports writer. I wanted to be a sports journalist. But that dream kind of ended because I would go to typing class, and I did not pass typing class. So I had to readjust my goals. Now what does it matter? I could not pass typing class, guys. And just to say, you know, the effect we can have on young people who decide to work with us is that uh, Jocelyn Mangi from from Northland Pines is now at St. Cloud State. She is the Women's Hockey Operations and Video Coordinator. Oh, wow. Uh, that's that's not a little thing in, in college sports. That's a big deal. And it has almost nothing to do with us, but almost nothing is not the same as nothing. So we helped a little bit. Yeah, she got that experience, and that, I mean, helped her move forward. She had Earn, gained confidence, gained experience, and she's in a good place now. So, I mean, hey, that could be you guys out there at Middleton High School or Notre Dame or New <laughs> Richmond uh, <laughs> or wherever. <laughs> I thought you were going to say at Middleton High School or Mosinee High School or Monroe oh, High School. Yeah, or <laughs> I had been thinking I could have done that. How about Antigo? Maybe that, nope. up there we can find uh, somebody. Anybody from MHS, you know, Whatever yep. school it is, can we do it? <laughs> that would be great. All right, guys. Do we need to uh, make anybody's ears hurt anymore? Uh, keep your stick on the ice. Yep. Keep uh, keep your stick on the ice. All right, for Trasher. Keep your glove up. Uh, keep your glove up. Uh, Delmar, what's your... What? Uh, <laughs> Bill Jr. Catchphrase. Good night, Mary Ellen. Don't go kicking my dog around. All right. All right. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> Wait a load of sees us. You've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.